The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night, wherever you are. I gotta say, while I love doing these lectures, it is kind of a bummer that my vacation's over and I can't be with the rest of the crew. But luckily, I'll be back in the United States around March, so I'll be able to actually be with the regular episodes a little more often. Now, for today's episode, uh, last episode, Don was talking about in the news that we are getting the new season of competitive Pokemon play. I'm normally not the competitive Pokemon guy. The others are a little bit better at it than I am these days. But I think it's really cool that this time around, instead of having a three-month season where the rules change, they're going to have a six-month season. So, if you have been on the fence about getting into competitive Pokemon battling and giving it a try, this is the time to try and get into it because you're not going to have to completely change your strat in three months. You'll actually have some time, and with fingers crossed, if we can get Omicron and other variants under control, this will be the format we are playing Worlds in. Now, if you are going to start running competitive, keep in mind, you're going to want to build a team that kind of fits your playstyle. If you've ever talked to me about my playstyle, it is actually devolved. Back when I was younger, it used to be all about the right strategy, predicting your opponent's moveset, and just having that weird niche Pokemon to just kind of beat anything I needed to. Nowadays, it's just big number. I have devolved back to my Gen 1 mindset of, oh, let me give this Snorlax a normal gem and just have it explode while I uh, use an Ndidi to avoid any damage from somebody else. Like, this is my style. It's literally just kaboom. As big as I can, knock out half his team in one shot. That's my strategy. Now, if you're planning on doing something a lot less stupid than that, you are going to have to start breeding your own competitive Pokemon. And the first step, of course, is learning the difference between IVs and EVs. So, quick rundown. Obviously, there are YouTube videos that go on a little bit too long about this subject. Uh, IVs are basically the values they're born with. That's where you have to constantly breed them to make sure they get the right ones. Then, after your selective breeding process, you're going to have to do EV training. And that's the effort values, where working out your Pokemon over time or with certain medications can get them a lot stronger. And as I was thinking about all the work I'd have to do to make a new competitive team or a new Snorlax that could blow up better, uh, today I kind of want to talk about EV training and what it looks like in the Pokemon world compared to ours. What methods we are using in the Pokemon world are going to be horribly damaging in ours. What methods do Pokemon use to get stronger that would actually work in our world? I kind of want to see what kind of training would best fit to getting all of your Pokemon up the stuff without killing them. Now, if we are going to do this right, if some sort of medical experiment, we are going to need a test subject. We are going to need a singular Pokemon to kind of describe what's going on with. Now, if we're using my whole exploding Snorlax, it's not going to work as well because he'll be dead within the first turn anyway. We need something that'll have some staying power. Okay, Hitmonchan. I, he's not competitive in any way. Don't use him on your team. Not worth it. But he's close enough to human anatomy and also a Pokemon that I can kind of balance out what would happen to him. Again, with Pokemon, you can't just feed one thing to a Pokemon and assume it would have the same effect. So let's just go with the thing that's closest to being human that isn't Mr. Mime. 
With our Hitmonchan in tow, let's talk about the first method and the most basic way to get an EV boost, that's just combat. Since Generation 3, each Pokemon you fight is going to give you 1, 2, or 3 points in effort value. When you beat up a Pikachu, that Pikachu is going to give you 1 point in speed. If you beat up a Raichu, it'll give you 2 points in speed. And that's typically how it goes for just about all the Pokemon in the game. Every Pokemon you fight is going to up that effort value. Over time, you'll just kind of max out. And different stats will also have their own maximum point. You can't just put them all in one. There's a balancing act you got to work with. And you don't want them all the way in one sometimes and all the way in the other. It's a whole bunch of math. The point is... You're going to have to pick what Pokemon you fight in order to get those stats up. Now, this method is going to be the most difficult in the game as well as in real life. But at least in the game and in our world, it is the least harmful to your body that I've come across, save for one special case we'll get to at the end. This method is something you see in professional fighters, where if your weakness in boxing is fighting an outboxer or someone who just doesn't match your fighting style, you're going to try and look for more of those people in order to get better at fighting them. If you are bad at doing something, practicing that over and over again is going to get you better. If you're already good at something and you practice some more, you'll get really good at it. That being said, in the Pokemon world, it kind of makes you... well. My old DM in Dungeons & Dragons used to call it the murder hobo. Basically, you just go from town to town beating up and killing things. And that's pretty much what you are when you're going EV training this way. You're a murder hobo. You don't use any drugs of any kind to get where you need to go. You're just ripping through the animal kingdom one at a time. And you're just wiping out the entire population of Pikachus just to get your speed up. So if we are using that Hitmonchan still... All he's going to have to do to get his attack up is find that one Pokemon that gives him enough effort value. Just one Pokemon that's really good at attacking and just punch it repeatedly. But mathematically speaking, if you're going by the point system, let's see, the max in his stack can get to about 252. At most, like the big number you're getting at, you're going to be knocking out or killing over 400 Pokemon to get where you want to be just with pure combat and nothing else. Brutal. Terrifying. You will be feared not for your badges, but for the trail of bodies you leave behind. Well done, you murder hobo. Now, method two kind of combines with the fighting a little bit to make it so you're not killing nearly as many things. Around Gen 4, we got the power equipment. When you give your Pokemon the specific weights or anklets or padding, they get slower but they double the effort value they get when fighting. So if you pick a certain Pokemon and let's say that Pikachu is going to be giving you instead of one point, two points. If you're fighting a Pokemon that gives you two, now it gives four, so three, now it gets six. So now you can reduce the number of bodies you're putting in the ground. Uh, combined with that one method, it really does help. In the real world, we see this too. People will actually put on weights in order to increase speed, stamina, and strength. It's not just something you see in anime and cartoons. This is a real training strategy, albeit a little more dangerous than they show. If you want to see the best example of it done well in an anime, that's Naruto. Gara versus Rock Lee. That fight's amazing. What are you doing not watching it? That show peaked in that fight. I don't care how long Naruto or Boruto goes on. Like that, you should just turn off the show after Rock Lee fights Skara. It's, it peaked. Anywho, with Pokemon and their weighted system, you see that all the time in the game. And, well, 
I'll be honest, not as much anymore with newer methods, but it was the best way to go about and survive was to get the weights on and just start fighting. It really cut down the time you needed to train. Now, if you're considered doing this for yourself, studies have found that weight training can be effective in real world training for strength and stamina. If you want to try it yourself, don't take my word for it. Please consult an expert. We hope you learned that from our podcast at least. Like all weight training, it is a technique that if it is done wrong, it can harm you. If we did it to our Hitmonchan, yes, he could certainly pull it off. But in our world, not so much. Just because if we don't know what we're doing, we could end up causing some serious harm. There are some people who try putting on a lot of weights at once or try and disperse them the wrong way. It's a lot of damage that can be done to your body when you're just trying to get strong. Now, method three, this is the method that, like, scares me. This is the method that, by far is the most used today, but it's it's drugs, drugs and berries. It's the most popular today because in this newest generation, we kind of took off the limits of how many medications you could give a Pokemon. You see, way back in the old days, when you got your proteins and your irons and your calcium, you know, the things to boost up the EV stats, it would be that you could only give them 10 at a time. And no matter what, you can only give them 10. So you could, if it was five protein, two irons, one calcium, and two zincs, that's it. You can only give them the 10. It wouldn't increase more. It was something to do with how the points were distributed, but each one of those drugs does give you 10 points in the EV stat they specialize in. So it's really interesting how we've kind of gone from murder hobo strategy to drug fiend, where we're just pumping our Pokemon with tons of chemical substances in order to make them stronger. In our world, people do take supplements in order to increase muscle mass. Everything from whey proteins and shakes to like, you know, anabolic steroids. Adding chemicals to your body in order to get stronger is not inherently a bad thing. It sometimes is going to help you just build muscle naturally. Other times it's going to rip you apart and shrink parts of your body you don't want shrunk. Again, there's a, still a debate today in the sports world about where do drugs belong in it. Some people are like, no, we should never have any drugs in sports. It needs to be all natural. But there are some who are like, come on, let's put science to its limit. Let's pump these guys with as many chemicals as we can and just watch them go. Personally, I'm with the, uh, the all natural route just because the chemical route. Yeah, you want to give some people the right to just pump a ton of drugs into their system. That is a recipe for disaster, which we are about to see now. You see, I decided to go and look into the effects of all of the drugs I could that you can give to your Pokemon. Uh, so HP up and Carbos are the only ones I couldn't do because there's no real world equivalent of them. But I was able to use protein, iron, calcium, and zinc. All four medicines found in the game. And since they're named that, I'm pretty sure they can stand up for the real thing. I want to see what they would do to the Hitmonchan and human body if you gave it to them. So... Let's say we are going to get just a plain old Hitmonchan and decide to pump them full with about 24, 25 bottles of protein at once. If you overdose on protein, if you have just too much pure protein, it can cause weight gain, constipation, kidney damage, and increases the risk of cancer. So I have pumped this thing full of so much protein that it's going to not be able to be processed through the kidneys as well. It's going to cause massive issues with their diet. It's going to be a mess to deal with. And it somehow, this is not the worst thing we could do to them. If we decided to go and give this thing, oh, I don't know, 25 bottles of iron, 
Uh, then it comes down to nausea, stomach pain, internal bleeding, organ failure, coma, and seizures. By pumping them with that many drugs, it is going to annihilate everything going down their track because obviously eating too much metal is bad. Now, if we just went crazy, if we thought, you know what? I'm going to make a special attacking Hitmonchan. I don't care what anyone says. I don't want him to use his fists. I want him to use his mind. Go ahead and give him 25 bottles of calcium, just straight calcium. But unfortunately, he is going to get more stomach pains, diarrhea, uh, cognitive degeneration, and kidney stones. If you don't know what a kidney stone is, it's just a buildup of minerals in your system that has to come out, and it's probably going to come out the way you really don't want it to. Although there are ways to reduce that nowadays. Thank God for ultrasonic science. But yeah, if you pump them full of calcium, it's also not great. The cognitive degeneration is not really good for a wild animal because you kind of want them to focus on your commands and not, you know, punch anything that goes near it. The final one I want to talk about is the one that boosts special defense. That's zinc. Uh, too much zinc can cause fever, diarrhea, stomach cramps, a lot of stomach cramps and diarrhea for some reason. Uh, oh, and lower levels of good cholesterol. So this one doesn't have as many immediate, oh no, you're going to die symptoms, but it can cause quite a bit of pain. In the Pokemon world, obviously nothing bad happens, but if you were to do this in our world, our Hitmonchan is down for the count. There is no way he's going to be able to fight in that condition. He's going to get a hospital bed, and you're going to get a jail cell. It is kind of ironic that when they were giving you only 10 of them at all, it was actually the correct health moves as opposed to the 24 and 25 you can give now. I know it was for like the point system or how the game worked, but was Pokemon trying to tell us to not overdose on drugs but then gave up? I have no idea. But it's really weird that we were told, hey, you can't do too many. And now it's like, ah, just shove them in there. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You'll be just fine. Now, the final method, the one I kind of wanted to talk about because it's, it's a special case and the Pokerus virus. So we talked about the Pokerus virus back in 2020 when we thought the pandemic would be over by Christmas 2020. Good times. But the virus in the game lets you get stronger faster with no ill effects. It allows you to build up your EV stats just like you're wearing one of the effect value braces or the anklets. What I didn't mention is that there is a genetic disease that you can pass on to your children that can physically make you stronger with no downsides. Myostain-related muscle hypertrophy. It is a rare mutation in humans that gives you the... Myostain-related muscle hypertrophy. It's a rare mutation in humans that allows you to generate twice the amount of muscle as the average human. This is a real thing. This is a real genetic mutation. Uh, there does seem to be no negative side effects, and it doesn't reduce your lifespan or your intelligence. You don't suddenly turn into some stereotypical caveman. You just generate more muscle than everybody else, and you're perfectly fine. Uh, it does come up very rarely because you need two people with the recessive gene to mate and then produce that one recessive gene that works, but it is possible. There is no known virus on Earth that can do that, but it is really interesting that we do have something similar to the Pokerus condition in our world. It's just not transferable from person to person. It only goes vertically. It doesn't go horizontally. But this would be really similar to IV breeding. What 
is IV breeding if not just finding the best gene possible? If you have a Machop or a Hitmonchan in this case who's like, oh yeah, this one is genetically deformed so that way he just has more muscle mass, you would start breeding him immediately. It would be awesome. Now, the only virus in our world that could theoretically pull this stuff off in our time, that, that's CRISPR. The CRISPR gene editing biotech that we talked about in our previously mentioned virus episode. There's also a fantastic docu-series called Unnatural Selection. Brings up the pros and cons of trying to edit our genes. Really fantastic stuff. If our Hitmonchan had this genetic anomaly in their system, there would be no need for much of the training or crap tons of pills. You would just need them to fight normally and they would just live and get these massive amounts of muscle. Again, as far as we know, myostain-related muscle hypertrophy does not have any negative side effects. I am very, very happy for all the people who have it because they kind of won the genetic lottery. So all around, if I was trying to make a training regimen for a Hitmonchan, if I was going to try and make it, you know, as strong as possible, but as healthy as possible, I would use the following options. I would kind of combine all the things. So step one, make sure you breed it with the Pokerus virus, or in this case, the muscle growth, so that way it can get stronger. So that's just going to be a whole ton of breeding, release the others into the wild, and cause massive hysteria as a bunch of Tyrogues start holding people up for their wallets and their phones. Second, I would go ahead and I would try and give it the medication it needed to get stronger, but only 10 of each. So you get 10 proteins, you get 10 carboses. So that way we don't have some kind of OD nonsense. Next step, make sure it gets the right weight and the right training. And I would also find someone who actually knew how to train it. I, I never liked the idea of like a 10 year old, like going into the woods and like trying to work out how this Pokemon's gonna fight. Because even amongst fighting types, they all fight differently. And it's kind of weird to have a child try and teach a boxer how to box or like trying to teach a sumo wrestle how to sumo wrestle. It's weird to me. I would find a professional to help me out. You'd probably have to pay him or beat him up and make you do it. It's Pokemon. You can kind of just use violence to solve your problems. And then after all of that is said and done, I'd put on the weights, I'd put on all the equipment, and I'd go be a little bit of a murder hobo in each region. I would just go and beat up the Pokemon I needed because that would just kind of balance it out, get them the training they needed. If you're looking to be a competitive Pokemon trainer, obviously in the game you don't have to do anything this ridiculous. If you want to go back to the Gen 6 days where you literally punched a bag to do it, go for it. But in our modern day in Pokemon, in Generation 8, Nah, just give them a ton of drugs and you'll fix the problem. You don't have to wait an hour. You just have like two minutes. So that does wrap up our podcast for today. Hope you guys learned a little something and maybe had a little more thought into what exactly we're doing when we train our Pokemon. I do want to give a special shout out to Alex, our newest patron. Alex, you are super lucky because I was literally editing this episode and it was like, oh, new patron. I'll go put the microphone back on. So thank you so much for supporting, and thank you so much for listening, everybody, guys. We are going to be having a lot of new content because whenever there's a new Pokemon game comes out, it just allows us to mine for more information and just keep going. And we can only keep going while you guys are listening. So thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace! Peace!